one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. Hello again, and welcome back to the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Uh, Today, I'm joined uh, once again by Tony Romo. Chad Brinkley, and uh, also uh, two gentlemen from REI, Craig Raritan and Ron Demi. So welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing for this somber Friday, September 11th? Doing great. Outstanding. Good. Same. Absolutely. Craig, good. So good to see everybody. And uh, today, again, we're going to talk a little bit about REI and uh, bus cameras. So, um, yeah, it's been, been an interesting week, and I think as we're all getting closer to school year starting, it's, um, you know, there's so much going on, and decisions changing every single day, it seems like. So, uh, just have a, a quick icebreaker for you guys. I got these fun little interview decks. I don't know if you can see them. They're just some, some quick hitter questions for you, just to get, get to know you. Uh, so I'll just ask, and it doesn't matter in what order that it comes out in, but uh, what's your favorite gadget? Anything. What's your favorite gadget? What's going on? Put me on the spot. Sure. You say, you say, your favorite PG? gadget. This is PG rated, right? P- well, yeah, I'm trying to keep it clean. You might have invited the wrong group. I know what first came to mind, but uh, you know, honestly, it's sad. It'd be lost without my phone. Your phone. All right. I'm keeping it PG here. PG. Craig, I know you can spice it up just a little bit better than that. There just are so many. And, you know, I'm going to give credit to my good friend Ron Deming in this one. And, and it was a few years ago that he, he introduced me to a product called the Nest Thermostat. All right. Uh, that, that allows me to not even get up from my chair, my couch, my bed, and, and change the, the temperature uh, throughout my house. I do I do have a nest in my house, and I do like it very much. Chad? I'm, you know what? Craig, that's a great one. Actually, I have one in my house, plus I have all the plug-ins on the lamps that are controlled by the Wi-Fi and all the light bulbs, and, and I can pretty much do everything except make coffee. You know, in my house, sitting in bed. Yeah, part of my Google Home is, I love it. I mean, I'm in Arizona, I'll sit and turn the lights on and off and mess with this, mess with my fiance, and she, I'll get a text, you know, stop doing that, it's driving me crazy. Yeah, so that, that, and my other one is my, um, Shark Ion vacuum, robot vacuum. Dude, that thing is amazing. I love it. So cool. I'll sit there and watch it dock. Cool thing ever. So you're a Google Home fan over Alexa? Yeah, with Alexa on Alexa. <laughs> awesome. 
All right, next uh, next question. If there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on it? We can start with Chad this time. How's that? A what named after me? A sandwich. If a san- if you could have, if there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on the sandwich? Why are you starting with the fat guy? Well, you look like you like food, so. <laughs> you gotta like get these to beforehand so we can think about it. No, it's meant to be like on the spot. Well, at least give it to me beforehand so I look like an idiot. Um, sandwich named after me, what would be on it? I don't know. Probably like deep dish pizza. <laughs> so you're gonna put a pizza on a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, you just fold it in half and stick it between the pieces of bread. Alright. Now, probably, I would say, man, it has to be like pulled pork, barbecue pulled pork sandwich, something like that. I mean, that's, that's you can't beat those. I know, it's, I don't know if you consider that a sandwich, but in Oklahoma, pulled pork is considered a sandwich. Pulled pork sandwich. Pulled pork sandwich. That sounds pretty good, but that's it. It's pulled pork. Alright. Yeah, fair enough. What else do you need? Go piece of sharp cheddar on there, maybe. Uh-huh. I mean, do you want to be more elaborate and say, like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to stick a full pork sandwich, man. All right, fair enough. Ron? Um, well, I'd probably go with fry bread, mayo, mustard. Uh, happen to be a fan of bologna. Uh, some ham, pickles, and bell peppers on there, and uh, a little salt, oil, and vinegar, and I'm ready to roll. Right on. Good grief, Ron. Mm-hmm. I'm a 65265. I like my sandwiches, man. I feel you. I'm just trying to figure out how you get it between the bread. <laughs> <laughs> you just go like this. Are you are you one of those loaded guys at Subway that just load the sandwich? I do, man. The worst thing under the sun is a dry sandwich. It just man, it's just it's just wrong in many ways. Sure. Can I change my answer? I want Ron sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can order it next time for the at the sandwich place called the Ron Deming. Yeah. What's the Ron Deming place? Yeah. It's called it's called the Big Kahuna. Yeah. There you go. The Big Kahuna. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Craig, I did accidentally mute you, so you'll need to unmute yourself. There you go. Got it. Go yep, ahead. Figure it out. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. So we're based in Omaha, Nebraska. Midwestern kid, uh, plain cheeseburger. Uh, I am one of those uh, self-proclaimed, very much a picky eater. So that's easy. It's just gonna be a burger, cheese, bun, nothing else on it, nothing spicy, boring as can be. So there you go. Sounds pretty pretty good to me, especially right around lunchtime. So I'm down with it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that wasn't that painful. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know mine's borderline sandwich. But a hamburger that didn't have the sandwich. That's whatever. That's what I expect. It could be whatever he whatever he wanted. It didn't specify. You took pizza. You did. That's true. Right? I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't yell at you. I'm hungry now. Yeah. What about yours? What's yours? Oh man. Uh, as far as the sandwich goes. Well, yeah, that's what the question is. Uh, sandwich, man. That's a. I usually like the, the you know, turkey, ham, bacon, cheese. Probably like a nice Swiss, like a baby Swiss on there. Lettuce and mayo. I've really been digging this uh, sandwich out of, out of Jersey Mike's. It's basically like that, but they throw their. I've never been an olive and 
for olive oil and vinegar type person, but seems to be pretty good on its own, so I like it. We call that one the full Nelson. There you go. I like that. The oh! big, the big one. It's like a 16, 18 inch. Good one, Ron. <laughs> Great job. You're quick. I, I like it. it. Well played. So uh, on this, uh, you know, switching switching gears. How did how did Craig? You know, you're the one kind of that I know the the most. So how did you get into this school bus industry and? Um, you know, I think you just started coming to some of our conferences a few years ago. Um, but what's your, what's been your experience with the school bus industry? You bet. Now, a little bit of background. So I, I cover nine states west of the Mississippi River. One of those is Arizona. And, uh, how I got into this business about three and a half years ago. And, and like I said earlier, REI is based and headquartered in Omaha, Nebraska. There's actually, there's actually one Ron Deming. Ron and I are both about six foot six. And uh, we both were in the back of the line. Our daughters were both in the same dance studio here in Omaha. And we got the pleasure of being dancing dads together. So uh, a few years ago, I left a little-known company called PayPal as a North American sales manager. So I was a manager of people. And, uh, and then got back into just, you know, managing territory. And uh, Ron is one of the people that I reached out to. And he said, hey, we have a couple of territories open uh, here at REI. So that's how... So I got into it. Had no idea that they even put cameras on school buses four years ago, uh, but very much have have learned and and, know, and and live, eat, and sleep and breathe it. So how it's how it works. Nice. And Ron. So hold on, hold on. So Craig was discovered at a dance studio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ron and I were yeah. dancing. We, we were our daughters were both in the same dance studio. We were dancing. We performed on stage at the recital. Uh, being six six, we both are in the middle back. That's where all, they put always put the tall guys. Um, There's actual video footage. We yeah. want to send it to just so you can give them a hard time. Unfortunately, yeah, he missed the green linen plates. Well, he was I almost was he was almost the one. Green Lantern last year at the uh, at the conference, but his, his so he would have been the Green Man in tights. <laughs> <laughs> Those were technically green tights. Yeah, you know what? If they one size fits all, they lie. Yeah, yeah, I'm six five. They definitely lie. Yeah. So you guys are you guys are the the first three of a, a really good volleyball team right now. <laughs> well, for a couple of sets anyway, and then he takes a break. <laughs> yeah, that'd be about my speed. All right, Ron, how about you, man? How'd you get into cameras? Uh, got lucky, man. Uh. Spent 20 years in banking. Uh, basically, my world exploded in 2008. There was no money to lend. You get paid based on how much money you lend. You got to find a new job. A uh, former director of mine was uh, working as the vice president of sales at REI. He made me an offer. I counteroffered. They agreed. And I went from selling money to uh, selling cameras. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a great ride. I, I think what I enjoy the most is, is I work with people that actually care now. Um, big difference from banking to, uh, working with school buses. Uh, you think bank, bankers don't care? No, it's, it's, it's all about the bottom line. And it's a big CYA circus. It's, it's cool. Transportation directors, generally all the ones I've worked with. 
they genuinely care. You know, it's, 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 it's definitely a better business for me. Cool about energy. Yeah, you're right. It is, there's a lot of people with fear. Oh, people bleed yellow. I meet them all the time. Uh, it's definitely, and, you know, I kind of came out of it just as much as you did, um, in 2008, getting, you know, getting affected by the recession and whatnot. So it's, it's a whole different ball game. And I think we're seeing, at least from the school district side, the public sector side, not so much the private school bus side, that we are able to last through, you know, big challenges that the nation faces, right? And you don't see them, you know, unless they're like a, you know, a corporate private company, they're letting drivers go, or we're able to take advantage of the, the Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Act there that, that was available to them. Um, but a lot right now are not landing their contracts. They're not really sure. They're shutting their doors, etc. And we're, you know, for a school, the school district side, those that employ their, you know, their drivers and transportation staff, they were able to keep them on board and keep them paid and keep them employed, uh, which is kind of a big testament to what this industry truly is, right? So many people lost mm-hmm. their jobs over the last six months, and um, you know, we're all fortunate to be able to just, you know. Still be here, still standing. Yeah, I agree. So, Ron, I also needed you just to just make sure. I think I'm finding that noise coming back out of Ron's computer, so we'll we'll work around that. But uh, yeah, so well, you know, I'm glad to have you guys. And um, so, talk to me a little bit about like what REI is. Uh, I know when I first got in the game, one of your competitors was uh, kind of the big name. To, to own, and uh, I didn't know much about REI or some of the other smaller companies that were out there until really, really finding out and, you know, getting to, to talk to Craig and um, seeing him out there at our conference with him flag stuff, but what, what is REI and kind of how did they evolve and how, how did, um, you know, where are they at today? Oh, sure, okay. So I'll go, I'll go ahead and take that one. So REI is the company that, uh, Despite what some think, when Ron and I a lot of times go through airports, they'll see REI on our shirts. They think that we're the that retail store that sells the fishing poles and tents and the like. Yeah, that's, and that's yeah. recreational. That's recreational equipment incorporated, and that would not be REI. We are radio engineering industries. Been around since about 1938. Third generation family owned. Uh, like I said earlier, based in Omaha, uh, manufacturing manufacturing production facility with. It's about three and a half acres, employs about 170 people, roughly. Ron and I are two of nine territory managers that are uh, customer-facing in the school bus industry. We're also in the markets of uh, transit as well as motor coach. So mostly we are surveillance on school buses, but also touch a number of other products in that space. Uh, we were one of the first. I'll let Ron kind of elaborate on that one. A bit more of the story about how we got started in the industry. So with that, I'll kind of talk to Ron. Oh yeah, we started uh, back in uh, 1985. We actually started with Bluebird uh, shoehorning. You remember those big old VCR recorders sure. with red tape in them? Uh, basically, putting them in mailboxes. I mean, is what they look like, and mounting them on the dash of a bus. Uh, that was a long time ago. Uh, believe it or not, I still have schools out there running those VCRs. Where they are. Do as well. I have no idea, but they're still running them. But, uh, yeah, Craig said, uh, third generation family owned. 
I like the fact uh, that we are actually an ISO certified manufacturer, so we can control the quality versus a lot of uh, competitors. You know, they're basically they're reselling it. They're, they're buying a product, rebranding it, reselling it. That allows us to be more reactive to the market. I am uh, in past life was a diesel mechanic myself. Still uh, diesel mechanic in the army. I love working with the guys out in the shops. Because, you know, the guys in the trenches can tell me more about what would come in handy that I can pass on to our engineers than anybody else. So, but, I mean, REI is, you know, we're not a job shop, I know, Stretch, but uh, give us a good idea. Within about 90 days, we can put it in production. Awesome. Uh, what about fishing poles? You poles? He just said they weren't oh. that company. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that ruins all my questions for today. I'm sure we have a few engineers on staff that we could make a hell of a fishing pole, though. <laughs> if you're interested. It may take a few meetings and a couple of spec sheets and drafts, but we could do it. Some of that engineering so you, coffee. So you guys produce really all your equipment there, correct? You manufacture it? Design we, we don't manufacture every item and every piece that goes into our equipment. I mean, a lot of it's outsourced, just like any other manufacturer. But if it is outsourced to someone else, it is still built to our design and spec. Okay, okay. I mean, sense. yeah, everything's made. I mean, nobody makes everything on their own. We used to make our yeah. own. Well, we used to make our own computer boards, believe it or not. But, uh, you know, the, the cost of the paperwork with government regulations, you know, because with the chemicals you have to use to make those green computer boards, it, it's just cheaper to... Tell China, hey, I want you to build it and build it this way, and then they send it to us and we incorporate it in our product. Well, yeah, now you, now you can get one for 18 cents. Pretty much. It's cheaper to outsource. <laughs> so, so what, I mean, we see a lot of buses that have cameras. I think most of the big districts run cameras on their, on their buses for the most part. But why, why do we... What's the importance of having cameras on board? Right? I mean, I think a lot of drivers just think that, you know, the district now, being their employers being Big Brother, and they're going to watch every little thing that they do. Um, but, you know, I think we try and spin it in that it's there to protect you. So why why should they have cameras? And why should they have as many cameras as they can put on the bus? I know some districts probably still are specking you know, like a two-camera system where they put a camera in the front and one in the very rear, you know, just because of, of funds. But now with the the ability of the technologies and how much they've changed over the last few years, why would they want the most cameras, you know, on the bus? Sure, I'll go, I'll go ahead and field that one. So it's, when I started back in 2017 with REI, we had just launched our, our fifth generation of DVR. And with that, uh, we developed and came up with the, uh, this idea of having a camera on the interior. And REI, to my knowledge, is the first to do this. Uh, 170 degrees horizontal field of view and a 95 degree vertical field of view with a very good wide dynamic range and the ability to truly see what's happening between the seats. Not only that, um, you mentioned something earlier, and, and a lot of it's you're protecting the driver. Uh, the school district, in a lot of ways, is protected or covered. In the event of liability, if something were to happen, an incident, uh, a fight, uh, an injury, um, any sort of anything you can think of, bullying, and so on and so forth. Um, cameras are not only on the interior, but the exterior. A, a lot of what Ron and I do is a lot, a lot of customizing. 
I personally do for a lot of the schools in Arizona. I do a lot of uh, camera placement um, camera placement charts, and that's not just Arizona, but the other states that I cover too. Um, showing the director, showing the superintendent, showing the IT director, whoever's involved, where those cameras get placed and what they do cover. Not only from a visual standpoint, but audio as well. Our cameras have microphones. They have infrared. You can see them at night. And so that's, that's kind of an answer. I don't know if Ron, you have anything to add by that? Um, honestly, just to address the driver, uh, every time I go in to put in a system, the driver's paranoid that we're there to watch them. We're there to spy on them. I, you know what? It's there to protect them. First time a driver gets accused of something, be it through an accident, by a child, by a parent, by whatever, and that camera clears their name, I've got every other driver going, hey, when am I going to get my camera? Um, you know, as soon as they realize it, it's, it's there to protect the kids. But secondary is to protect the driver and the school itself. And, uh, you know, as Craig alluded, uh, the wide-angle lens that we now mount on the sides of the buses versus the front to back that you were talking about, Jason, you know, and, and Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, seatbacks are just getting higher and higher. They're yeah. trying to compartmentalize the kids. But the problem is, is you're not seeing anybody with a front-to-back camera anymore because I've seen elementary school buses with footage with cameras placed like that that look empty, and the bus stops, and all of a sudden kids come pouring out of the seats. Um, with uh, the staggered cameras back and forth, you can see sideways. We developed that camera because the bus is a very unique environment. It is long and narrow. So we developed a camera that has a very wide, but not a deep view. Okay. That's where it came into play. We can see in between the seats and, and, and to protect it from themselves, you know, and each other and from possible adults. Yeah. Those high seats, you can't, I mean, drivers said all the time, you, know, you can't see the kids. I actually have transportation directors that ask me if they can get shorter seats so they can see their elementary kids. No, that's, you know, federal. You can't reduce the height of your seats. But one thing I want to point out, Craig touched on it, you know, as far as protecting the school. I actually had a, a school district tell me a story about uh, this girl, uh, you know, high school age, pulls out, runs into the side of the bus. You know, she's turning left, probably on her phone, one paying attention, pulled out, like, sideswiped the bus, uh, grazed it, if you will. Well, she's on her phone talking about how you know, call dad and call, you know, it's their fault. The bus driver ran into me and we carried on. It was adamant. Dad shows up. He's mad. Want to know who's going to pay for the tow? Who's going to pay for the car? School district's fault. Yada, yada, yada. Because they had the cameras on the inside of the bus. They pulled it up on their laptop. They, the transfer went, pulled it up on the laptop, pulled the footage from the camera on the opposite side of where they got hit. And they could see out the windows through the camera. To see the girl pull out and ran into the bus. So even an interior camera saved the school district on a accident on the exterior because they pull off the footage. So even if you don't have exterior cameras, there's chances they can still protect you in that sense. And without that footage, it would have been the school bus driver versus the girl's word. Who knows what would have happened? But so now that's all. This isn't, this, isn't, this isn't too late. I'm going to add to the, those gadgets earlier. That cell phones and vaping pens because. <laughs> seeing between the seats, you see kids vaping, and and you, you see things they might be doing on their cell phones. So sure. I'm going to add two things to the gadget question for Perfect. I want to add on the pad real quick. Uh, a camera, now we're seeing more and more requested as a windshield camera. Yep. 
uh, specifically to protect the driver in the school. I find yeah. school probably at best, I would think probably pay out, uh, you know, uh, twice as much as they'd actually have to if they had camera footage proving it wasn't their fault. Yeah. Um, I, I had a class in space where I put windshield cameras, you know, the risk assessment team for the school went to the superintendent and said, look, we need a camera off the windshield. Uh, they grumbled, but they put it on their 300 buses. Uh, literally that very next week, the car pulls right in front of the bus, slams on their brakes to take a hard right into McDonald's. Well, the bus can't stop in time. It's the car. Guy gets out, he's jumping up and down, looking at the damage of the car. We see this on the video. And all of a sudden, you see him look up. You see the yellow school bus, he bends over and grabs his back. <laughs> next thing you know, lawyers are coming in, pain and suffering. $500,000 claim, this and that. Um, you know, the police had been out to the scene. They'd already ticketed to the bus driver because, you know, he rear-ended. He's automatically at fault. They watched the video. The lawyer said thank you and left, and the police actually reversed the ticket and gave it to the other driver. Uh, within the week, every camera in the entire fleet was paid for. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 but that's the kind of crazy stuff that happens. Uh-huh. And now, adding the extra crazy of COVID-19, you know, now we've got cameras and requests for, you know, contact tracing. So, have you guys been working with a lot of departments that are trying to, um, you know, figure out how to contact trace through use of cameras? Actually, I'll, I'll take this one, Craig, if you don't mind. I literally this week had it happen. Um, larger county. Um, they tested positive. The health department basically wanted to uh, quarantine all 22 kids on that bus, including the driver. Uh, the admin requested the video. You know, they had four interior cameras so they could see the entire interior of the bus. Uh, determined the health department via the video determined they only needed to quarantine two kids. The driver was still able to go to the rest of the kids were still able to go to school. So now anytime a kid is positive, first thing they're doing is requesting video to see who the child had contact with. Um, so yeah, it's, it's being effectively used. Right. That's true. Yeah, I would add to that. I, on, on a weekly basis, I'm joining more and more different Zoom meetings, different groups that are, that are popping up throughout there. And I, I heard in, in one instance, and I won't name names, I won't name states, I won't name any sort of geography here, but there was an instance of a district that uh, they, the transportation director having his drivers take take the, have the kids take their masks off, take a picture of where they were in the bus. You know, okay, you're you're thinking outside the box a little bit, but then why not use use a camera system for that contact tracing? But uh, we, Ron and I, and, and our and our counterparts, I think on our end, we're just now starting to hear these stories as schools just started up. So it'll be interesting to stay tuned on that to find out how districts really are, like Ron's story there, about how they are using this for contact tracing. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's, it's only going to get probably worse as more and more students come back. We're going to see, you know, probably a, a rise in cases as as students start coming back to school. So um, with naturally with those amounts of requests, right, if you have a pretty large fleet, let's just say 150 buses in your fleet, it's a lot of man manpower to go out and pull a SD card or a, a you know um, a hard drive out of the bus, bring it back in, 
and recorded. So what, what kind of technology is available out there to either go and access video right away? Is there Wi-Fi? Is there Bluetooth? Can I take a phone out to it and, you know, somehow download the video right from the bus and get it to where it needs to go? Or are we limited with, you know, the, the pulling of, the, of that hardware? What a great segue. <laughs> And that is why he is the interviewer here. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with that one. I'd say yes, 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 and yes. Because th- there are multiple ways. There's a traditional way to pull the hard drive, of course. And then at REI, I can speak for our company. You can use your... I'll get calls sometimes from directors saying, hey, I didn't get a remote control with this DVR. Well, and then I say, well, you have it in your hand. It's your iPhone. It's your Android device. So you, we have an app where you can actually connect to the system. That way you could literally go out to the bus and initiate that from your uh, the app on your, let's say it's your iPhone, and save it to a flash drive or otherwise. Another thing that a lot of districts are doing these days is uh, connecting their DVRs if they have lot-based or Wi-Fi in the barn where the buses are parked, and the ability to tap into the recorded footage that is on, in most cases, the hard drive, and uh, save the clip. There's just a little bit of programming that needs to take place and uh, so that's one way. And then the other way it's headed, probably years down the road, I think you'll hear more and more districts have a cellular uh, connection on their bus to be able to uh, get into that DVR with an LTE or maybe even 5G down the road cellular connection. I know they've answered the question, what's some, some things that are coming down the pipe, but those are a few things there. Ron, anything you want to add to that? No, I think pretty much it. All of them on the head. I mean, uh, there, there, there are so many ways from directly taking, uh, you know, a computer cable and just hooking your computer directly up to the DVR to using your cell phone. Uh, cellular is becoming more and more of a viable option simply because we've had districts where, you know, they want to be able to see this situation on the bus. The driver calls it in. The director can actually tap into that camera over the cell watch live what's occurring, advise the driver how to deal with the situation, and then move on. You know, or good case in point where Craig mentioned about hooking up your cell phone to the DVR to watch video, best case in point I've seen where it comes in handy is, unfortunately, when you've got that much rubber on the road, you're going to have accidents. And traditionally, like you mentioned, Jason, uh, folks, basically, if there's an accident, you meet out there with the police department, you make secure the children, make sure everybody's safe, Next thing you do is you grab the hard drive and you all run back to the bus barn to go watch video. Uh, this delays, you know, police issuing citations. It just slows everything down. Okay. Now, our directors or supervisor members on site can literally, with their cell phone, tap directly into the review the video with the police, make a copy of it for them right then and there if necessary. They can issue the citations. The director can go their way. The police can go their way. It's just it's just about efficiencies. Yeah. Quite frankly, is it Bluetooth that connects your phone? It's actually Wi-Fi. Uh, we have we basically have a, a device. Uh, the engineers in the infinite wisdom have called a dongle. Um, you hook the dongle up to the DVR, and uh, basically it creates a Wi-Fi environment that you can tap into directly. So with that, so you can get that even if you don't have. A actual Wi-Fi system. You have a basic system without Wi-Fi. You can still get that dongle. That is correct. It's an inexpensive cheat. So instead of having to spend all the money for a Wi-Fi infrastructure in the lot or install Wi-Fi on the bus itself, 
Uh, this is an inexpensive way. It's about the size of a small square hockey puck. You plug it into the front of the DVR and it creates a Wi-Fi connection to your any smart device. Could be a cell phone, could be a tablet. I mean, if you have Wi-Fi on it, you can hook up to it and we have a free app you download for it. So just to clarify, there- that Wi-Fi would not be accessible to students to use for like homework or anything like that. No, that's, you're talking, that's a different kind of Wi-Fi. Uh, there's a Wi-Fi, what you're talking about is a Wi-Fi hotspot, which we also provide, which is basically providing a cellular connection from the bus to the outside world to provide, you know, Wi-Fi for anybody, the students to tap into to, you know, play video games, to do their homework, whatever they need to do. Is that secondary uh, or part of this system? Like, if I was to buy a, a system from REI, put it on a bus, does that automatically become available or is that an add-on? That's an add-on. Wi-Fi hotspot's an add-on. We can automatically make it to where it's Wi-Fi ready to transmit data to where, you know, you're, you're pulling information, but the Wi-Fi hotspot's not automatic. No. Got it. I want listeners to, to, to not confuse that. Chad. I have another question. Um, where do you get a square hockey puck? I didn't know they made square hockey pucks. Got your heater on. And I'll tell you what. Um, it's a square hockey puck. Um, I could also say it's about the size of a half of a pack of cigarettes. I mean, I don't know which way you want to It's a school ball. I told you I'm keeping it PG. But, uh, literally, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a small device. It's literally. I, well, I, 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 get, I get the reference. I was just sitting here the whole time picturing a square hockey puck. Go, man, that'd be an entertaining game. He had to have yeah. the, the Tony Romo sports uh, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> He's earning his keep right now. So, uh, so, so my next question. Obviously, it is it gets super hot here in Arizona. Um, and you talk about like kind of just how how information or how the system gets developed, right? It could get up to probably close to 130 degrees in a school bus while it's sitting in a parking lot. And I constantly hear other uh, our system, which is I'll just say not REI, but I won't name who it is. Um, you know, fans running in there, and the systems are set, I believe, to stay on for a, close to an hour after the bus is turned off, just so that we can have that downloading happen in the background. So, how does how do you guys work through and how does the process work to make sure that it can work in the hottest of climates and the coldest of climates? And the second question to that, I know there's SD cards. I know there's hard drives that are, op- you know, options, um, probably more pricing. But if, when you really get down to how much data you're trying to store, I assume hard drives would be better. I'll go and fill that one. So the territory that I cover as opposed to Ron. Ron, it's the southeastern states of Florida, Georgia and so on. Uh, I have a customer up in Barrow, Alaska, which is pretty close to the North Pole, sure. and then also some folks in southern Arizona. So it's it's extreme. It's extreme cold and extreme heat. At REI, at our facility, we're, as Ron mentioned, an ISO provider. We, we do a lot of quality control. We actually have a device called a Thermatron, and products get tested. And, and, and Ron, I, I don't know what our specs are. I think it's maybe it's 150, I think it's 155 degrees and beyond that is when things really start falling apart. And then below, I think it's negative 40-something Fahrenheit, maybe even more. Um, so our products are spec'd and 
well, they're, they're engineered to work in environments of extreme uh, heat and cold, dirt and dust, and vibration and shock. So the hard drives and, and a lot of it, if, I'd say a good question for a school district or a transportation to ask is, what is the bit rate on your DVR? How can it process? We've all, a lot of us have been there where we've gone to an electronic store. We spent maybe $300 on the laptop as opposed to that $1,000 MacBook Air. You're going to get a lot better performance out of the MacBook Air. And I, you know, I would equate REI's standard of quality, uh, to be on the higher end and the ability to process things at a very efficient rate, but also you won't find a fan on the DVRs either. Um, a lot of us have had the experience with the old gateway PC tower that had the fan on it. And after a few months or a year, it's just full of dust yeah. and dirt. Uh, you won't find a fan on our, on our systems. They're designed with a material that is also meant to, it is an internal cooling, heating. So those things stay, stay pretty, pretty clean. Um, yeah, basically, our system is a fanless cooling design. It's convection cooling. It's like an engine block. It's made out of solid extruded aluminum. I don't have to worry about airflow, like when that bus is sitting for an hour or two while still on way download, um, simply because it's got heat sinks designed into it. It's built so we stand up to 155 degrees, as Craig said. And interestingly enough, the Thermotron, we actually purchased from NASA. They tested their satellites for how much heat and how much cold it can withstand. It's actually a pretty nifty little device. Actually, it's a it's a giant room with a door that uh, you can you know create an environment in. Okay. But the fact that ours is a fanless design, simply because you see all the dust bunnies in your computer sitting in your office. Okay. We all know what the school bus is all about, and the dirt and the dust there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as that fan is trying to cool off that hard drive, it's just filling it with dirt. And as Craig mentioned, the three things that fill a hard drive is heat, dirt, and vibration. Um, Which, and to be clear, Ron and I aren't allowed anywhere near these cool toys at REI. Non-engineering <laughs> folks aren't allowed anywhere near the room. I'm serious when I say that. We, we get scolded if we even come anywhere near the engineering part of the company. Yeah, we're not allowed in there. I know. We're distracted. Did you carry a bunch of dust or what? Oh, no, we, we talk too much and we're busy thinking deep thoughts. Got it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't where guys are. <laughs> so is there a way, like, obviously when you have a whole system that's running, um, how how, do, how does the district keep up with, like, making sure that the system is running 90, you know, 100% of the time or 99% of the time? Obviously some of these are going to go down for various failures, just natural wear and tear, but is there something that REI provides um, through the system that's either like a web, uh, you know, web page or something that I can see all of all of the cameras that are running on all of our buses and be able to see, hey, that camera back there in, in row 13 isn't working properly and I need somebody to go look at it, or that DVR isn't recording, is there some sort of a health check or something like that that would come via email that I could give to a tech and say, you guys need to hit these 20 buses today to make sure that, you know, everything's up and running? Um, Craig, if you don't mind, I'll take that one. Um, again, that's where that dongle, that uh, little square hockey puck comes into play. Uh, I have, uh, like in the state of Georgia, they have a 21-day maintenance check routine. Every 21 days, a bus has to rotate through and do a maintenance check. With that dongle, which you can carry in your pocket right along with your cell phone, 
the mechanic can plug in and within 60 seconds determine if the system's fully functional. If something is not working, there's actually a log file they can tap into where it'll tell them what's wrong. So at that point, they contact our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, uh, you know, uh, tech support. Uh, we troubleshoot it with them. They give us the serial number if it's still under warranty. Within 48 hours, they'll have a replacement part to put in there. Inside will be a uh, shipping label to send back to both part of the same box the new one came in. It's on to expand on that, not to get too much into the weeds. Uh, the, the system that you may be describing, Jason, of the, the ability to set up an administrator uh, on a web-based platform with various users in a hierarchy uh, where automated emails come out. There's a system, and, you, and the system is automated. Um, and it does re- has a couple of requirements. The, the lot must have either Wi-Fi or they have to have cellular in some form for, for the DVRs each individually to be able to communicate back to that web-based system that is capable of generating different uh, different sort of triggers or things that can be programmed to to display. I'm just thinking of like just time, right? I mean, a lot of at least people here in this in our state and Chad could probably agree to this. There's a lot of you know, uh, you got a service manager or a fleet manager, and then maybe one or two mechanics. So for 50, 60, 70 buses, how do they keep, you know, how do we keep up with that? And so, you know, when you talk about the, the flexibility of being able to go and literally touch every single bus, um, you know, my thoughts are just, I've experienced in the past with other systems, not ones that we have currently, but it always seems like whenever an incident happened on the bus, the camera wasn't working or it happened to be black or it happened to not catch the sound or, you know, whatever. And so I'm just trying to think of, you know, if we're trying to be forward thinking and, you know, um, always work ahead of things and not be so reactionary that we could, um, you know, just stay ahead of it and make sure that you've got maybe, maybe it does pay for something. You know, you talk about an incident that, that cost the district half a million dollars or, or more, um, you know, that could very easily pay for a, a new position to go and keep up with some of this light technology that's being implemented on the fleet. Um, just to address that real quick, I actually have quite a few uh, districts uh, in Georgia that are actually now hiring what they call ETs, electronic techs. Um, like I said, you know, I'm big on proactive maintenance, just like what you're discussing. Uh, so. As I said, the manual way to do it is when you're doing your, you know, your inspection on your bus, you know, be it monthly, every two months, every 21, whatever it is per state. And literally within a minute, you can very quickly check to see if the system's functional. Or as Craig mentioned, we do have an automated system to where, you know, if something is wrong, let's say camera, uh, as the bus rolls into the, to the Wi-Fi lot, or if it's cellular from It'll send an email to the tech saying, hey, bus uh, 1805, camera number three, non-functional. That way they can proactively go fix it and have the video when you do need it. Yeah, that's very helpful because, I mean, I'm assuming back in the day you had to go each bus, check everything, and probably wouldn't even know that the camera system wasn't working until you needed the footage, correct? Yeah, I remember riding my bus and seeing that big mailbox looking thing, you know, back. And, and I always remember it said something to the extent of 
camera's on when red light is on or something like that. So the driver would always joke around with, you know, that the camera was on because the red light was on. But then come to find out down the road that there was never a VCR in there. It was just a box with a red light, you know, to make kids act better. So, you know, I don't know if there's any truth behind that or not. But it seems like now, it's, you know, it's not out there. And we don't even really necessarily put signage up, at least my district doesn't. Um, saying that they're, they are being recorded, I think, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. That's something you guys need to consider. The big red light installed your camera system yeah. with that sign. So, or just something, LED that says on air, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, on air. <laughs> well, we, we actually do provide stickers, if you'd like, that you yeah. can put. Some states require it. Yeah. Where you can post it on the front saying you are being recorded when you enter the bus. Uh, the other thing that we that we have found lights are great on the DVR. The problem is half the time the driver can't see the light, so they don't know if the system's functioning. We've actually built in an audible alert for ours if something isn't working properly. The system will start beeping. I guarantee you, with absolute certainty, uh, that the driver will let you know <laughs> it's beeping. It's driving me crazy. Fix yeah, it for sure. Now, it totally makes sense. Um, you know, and I, and it's really been kind of interesting just to see how much technology has changed in the 10 years that I've been in this. Um, but like I said, when you look at beyond, right, when the first cameras were coming out, if that was truly indeed back in the 80s, um, maybe even before that, it's just, you know, again, pretty, pretty awe-striking. So, uh, anything that's coming down, you talked a little bit, Craig, about some, some newer technology that's kind of coming down the in the near future, do you guys have anything else that uh, you might want to add to that or share anything additional that's coming out? Well, I think for fear of you know, giving them a lot of the trade secrets, one sure. of the things that, that, that the organization prides itself on is having hardware and software engineers that some of these folks have been with our company a few decades. So they've been, they've been involved in the development and the improvement. Um, the brainstorming of what of what things are going to be implemented, but um, that, a lot of new things coming with cameras. I mean, the topic of AI, uh, you know, I might allow Ron to expand on that a little bit more, and, I, and I will put him on the spot. Um, some of the some of the newer things that some of the newer cameras that are being developed are going to come out with yeah. is one big thing. Yeah, I, uh, it's going to happen. It's already exists. It's just a matter of making it affordable for kids. It's facial recognition. Um, quite frankly, you know, tracking a student on the bus has become a huge issue, especially for parents. They want to know where their kid's at, you know, so, uh, you know, where's my, you know, you can track, you know, there's apps on cell phones now where you can see where your kid's on the bus. The problem is, is, you know, the child has to have, you know, an RFP card to swipe. Yeah. It's very difficult for a second or third grader to, to keep that on them at all times. Right. Uh, at least I know with mine, I got three daughters. Trying to get them to hold on to anything for an extended period of time is difficult. Uh, facial recognition uh, is going to be a big step towards that. So literally, as little Johnny gets on the bus, it's going to tell the driver, hey, Johnny Smith's on the bus, and notify the system. The parent can check. That way, you know, if you need to track where a student is, you'll always know. That's going to be a big step. Uh, I mean, we looked, you know, when this whole COVID thing started, we looked at, uh, we have cameras that could tell temperature. You know, the problem is it's surface temperature. It's not accurate. Sure. That 
standing outside the 100 degree weather for 10 minutes, we're going to get a face. We wouldn't let any of our students on board, right, Dan? Exactly. Yeah, you would need buses because none of the kids be able to ride them. Right. Well, and there comes the whole next story is liability. Are you going to actually have your driver refuse the child to get on the bus? Which means you go back to an empty house with no parents? Liabilities alone just terrified me. Right. uh, There's a lot of neat stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, Like I said, facial recognition, I think, is going to make everybody's life easier. Um, Then it's all about just. you know, obviously with 80, you know, 4K is going to be the next step. It all boils down to storage space. Um, but I mean, we're already at the point with our cameras right now. You could zoom in on a child on their cell phone and see what they're looking at on their cell phone. Okay. That answers my question. Really need 40 or 4K? Not really. Not really. Uh, but I mean, eventually, like right now, we're developing. Well, we're not developing, but there's new storage formats for hard drives where, you know, the, where you can basically get almost a terabyte on what you used to be able to get only 500 gigs on because the way they're staggering, you know, the, 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 you know, for lack of better explanation, like the things on a record where they're recording the data. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Well, it's interesting also to mention and, and keeping pace with, uh, a lot of districts that I talk to, I, I don't hear many of them say, hey, we have a very extensive budget. So being very budget con- conscious and uh, keeping pace with what with what the market can really afford, um, especially in the school market with transportation. Uh, but, but yeah, there, there's a lot of innovation taking place. I'm excited to see what happens when you start plugging everything into you know, current 4G or LTE as we know it, but then as we move toward 5G, which could take time, but as more and more of those things come online, I think we'll see a, an explosion of, of technology. Absolutely, and I, I think the, the racial or the facial recognition that's coming, you know, however, if that's ten years down the road, still to be able to merge those two, you know, the, the idea of student tracking, student leadership, and cameras all into one, you know, it's like it's almost like you just REI swallow up another company and. You guys get a little bit bigger, you know, not saying that we're going to, but, um, you know, it just seems like all those technologies are trying to find ways that are going to merge and mesh together so that a district, when you talk about not having um, a ton of money, right, they're only having to invest in one system. I don't have to go buy cameras, you know, go buy radios, you can go buy, um, you know, student tracking, have three different contracts with three different vendors. It's all kind of a one-stop shop. You know, Ron, Ron says it's a facial recognition, you know, it's good for everybody and this, that. Unless the kids are wanted criminals, then it's not good for that kid at all. What? <laughs> you're, you're, you're pretty much right on the money there, but, uh, yeah, I'm just glad it wasn't around when I was a kid. <laughs> so, so uh, um, go ahead, Ted. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, important. Oh, no, that's fine. I was just going to say, we're getting close to, uh, to the hour, I just want to give everybody a opportunity for some final thoughts just on what's going on, um, kind of, you know, where you're at with cameras, why it's important, etc. So off the topic, is this what we're going with, with uh, Chad is now equated to the, being the Tony Romo? Yeah. So, he's, or he's your, your the, Tony Romo? He's, yep, he's my Tony Romo. Uh, of we, 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 we base that comparison off of looks, wealth, fame, 
Well, I tried to say Troy Aikman, and then he went to Tony Romo. So I'm just going to give him a <laughs> And I don't see the Corona in view there, but I'm sure it's there. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yeah, the Corona hotline. And I'm I'm talking about the the beverage, not the, ah, gotcha. the other thing that, that that's consumed all of our yes every topic out there. Hey, hey Craig, it's it's PG podcast, buddy. You don't know here. Well, and he's still this technically working right now. It's not five o'clock yet. But well, we're recording this on Friday <laughs> afternoon. It's it's later here in the Midwest than it is there. So, sure. yeah. I mean, I, I go off Midwest time, so we got a couple more hours. There you go. So, Craig, final just final final thoughts. Anything on, uh, you know, just how the industry, what you've seen in the industry over the last year? Just final thoughts. Well, other than the obvious, uh, not a lot of, the last time I traveled with REI, and a lot of times I, I go to a lot of really beautiful states and meet a lot, as Ron said earlier. Uh, one thing about this industry are the people that it really, I miss a lot of that. And it's been replaced with either Zoom meetings or Google Meet like we're on now or, or Micro Teams, but just looking forward to getting back out there. And thanks for this opportunity because you know, I've listened to several episodes and, and coming to Arizona a fair amount as I have. It's, uh, yeah, it's certainly certainly a pleasure to have been had the opportunity to do this. I appreciate you reaching out. And finally, the weather is starting to cool off, at least in the mornings. I think we've been around the uh, high 60s here in the mornings, which has been pretty nice. So uh, appreciate it. Ron, any final thoughts? Uh, just to echo Craig, uh, I miss being out on the road. Been working for my living room since March 13th. Um, quite frankly, my wife's ready to put a fork in my forehead. So, guys, let's get it under control so I can get back out there. Yeah, I, it, that's and that's a big thing, right? We're all seeing that everything's coming back. Um, you know, whether your whatever your political beliefs, personal beliefs, your you know, if it means that we gotta wear a mask so we can get back to traveling and business and whatnot for the time being, then uh, that's really where we're at, and I'm, I'm excited that we're finally here, right? I've got school starting next week, and, um, you know, it's going to be definitely interesting to see over the next six months, right? We put six months behind us, but over the next six months, what does is, what is everything look like? What does business look like? What does travel look like, etc.? And, you know, hopefully by then we're, we're, we don't have to be wearing masks, but we can still, you know, kind of carry out the business as it was pre-March. Chad. I don't know that I want the I don't know that I want the mask mask thing to go away. There's a lot of people that I appreciate the mask. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'll make it, sure to it, wear it, one. It, I'll make sure to wear one next time. Just any time I'm around, just when I, as long as I know how that. Yeah, I thought we already agreed on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, sure I missed it in the fine print. So I I mean my my list of questions didn't get answered because again I. They're all outdoor equipment and stuff, so I, I was the wrong REI. But it was good. It was good that you guys came on. I mean, the camera systems. It's funny coming from the used bus industry. I, I'd never in my life sold a camera system that came to Arizona. And actually, a lot of states I dealt with, they weren't that prevalent. I mean, you know, where I came from before, they were pushing some of the states up there. You know, they 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 had them in those states, but not every school. And a lot of them came back to, well, you know, we don't have that in the budget. Yeah, they did, obviously, but it wasn't important to them. I'm sure that's changed over the last, you know, two, three years. But, um, again, I'd never sold a, a camera system for a used bus. Now, I did have people ask, and I just sell them over to the, you know, the, the vendor or, uh, you know, our rep or somebody and let them handle them. But I'd never 
looked into it, never knew the extent of the technology. It is pretty impressive. I mean, for a school bus, the technology you guys have in it versus the old VCR in the box on the dash, obviously, it's come a long way. I don't know how long ago that was, Ron, but you really dated yourself with that. <laughs> but uh, it's very... I, I see the importance of it. The more I've been around it, the, the more I see the importance of, of having that system in all the school buses. The kid safety, school safety, you know, just uh, all, all the way around. Especially now, you know, with the with COVID and, and tracing, you know, contact tracking, all that stuff is important. I want to say thanks, Dad. Made me feel real good there. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't look, you don't look. Your age based on diesel mechanic, banker, cameras. I, I don't know what other career you've left out, but you've got three careers and you don't look like you're old enough to have three careers. But, you know, kudos to you. I'm a 60s child. There you go. I, I got the pleasure of seeing the man dance on a stage one time. And he liked it. <laughs> so much that I'd want to come and work for the same company that you did. Well, I appreciate you guys. Here's those moves that hook you in, Craig. Yeah. Without a doubt. I appreciate all your guys' time taking an hour out of your day. On a Friday afternoon, I hope you have a, a nice weekend. And, um, you know, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the A Bus Driver Podcast. Make sure to check us out on our website, www.abusdriver.com, all our social media channels. And, um, again, thanks to Craig and Ron. You guys can see them or reach out to them. I think Craig is at, what's the website? Uh, www.radioeng.com. If you Google REI, Chad, that's how you'll find your fishing pole. But, yeah, simply radioeng.com. Perfect. So, if anybody's out there wanting to know more about cameras or getting off of an old system, Reach out to them, and I'm sure that they'll be able to, to give you a very in-depth look of what their product looks like. So, again, thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Hope to see you, Craig, in the near future. And, Ron, maybe you can, uh, if you can, you know, get the powers to be, come travel out to Flagstaff next June and, and come see how we do uh, our conferences. Hey, if I can, I will, my friend. Thank you for inviting me. All righty, no problem. You guys have a good one, all right? Thanks, everyone. See you. Take care. Adios. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.